none of you people can tell me to stop Lower the lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to Next Gen Radio. This is episode number 173, and I'm your host, Mike Ercolano, today with my co-host and head coach at Next Generation Training Center, John Esposito. Hello, hello. Uh, Today we bring you an episode of Ask Next Gen, where we answer three of your questions that you either submit through email, which you could do at ask at nextgenradiopodcast.com, or in person just by asking one of our coaches and trainers while you're in here for a session. So... Let's jump to the first one, kind of timely. This is coming out uh, the second or third week of uh, of the new year, and um, according to the stats, or according to some stats, by this point, 80% of people have quit their New Year's resolution. So that's the first question. Someone asked, is it true that 80% of people fail at their New Year's resolutions? It's 80% sounds like a lot to me, but at the same time, it seems reasonable. For well, Not reasonable, but it seems kind of right for mm-hmm. what happens because I see I feel like a lot of people put hefty hefty goals in their new years and they get overwhelmed by the first or second weekend or by like the first month in and it's really hard to keep up on them at 80 percent maybe not 80 percent maybe more like 60 percent or like 70 percent but no it's definitely true that a lot of people set unrealistic goals and unrealistic resolutions that they can't really hit and it gets demoralizing sometimes yeah, uh, so I don't know what the exact number is, and I don't know if anyone actually truly knows what the exact number is. This actually is just kind of a headline grabber that um, a lot of, I think, magazines, online stuff, you know, you see it everywhere, especially this time of year, and especially coming from fitness influencers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I'm, I am someone who is, who don't necessarily believe in New Year's resolutions in the sense of, like, setting a New Year's resolution every year, like just for the sense of what it is for now what a new year's resolution stands for now mm-hmm. um but uh, i do believe that people need to set goals and they need to set goals every year and a year is a good um landmark you know whether it's birthdays whether it's years whether it's uh you know specific holidays people the psychology people need like a, a starting point right or a reset yeah. or like there's a switch that people make mentally um when it comes to like the new year or, or whatever whenever you set your goals like having a specific reason to pursue a new goal so um no that's that is not true in fact that um that whole headline that 80% of people fail their New Year's resolutions by like the third week or something like that. That actually came from a study of, um, it was only about 200 people. And most of the people set a a New Year's resolution to quit smoking. So Hmm. 80% of those people failed at quitting smoking. Smoking. And I mean, smoking, as we know, is very highly addictive and very tough to to beat. Um, But it was also a very specific study that's been... Um, done and then now quoted and used as a headline and a clickbait, you know, but, you know, people, a lot of people do fail at their, their goals and their resolutions. And Absolutely. that's probably because like you said, John, is that they set too high of a, a goal um, or they don't follow the SMART acronym, which I've talked about a lot. Actually, I think I did a whole show on it not too long ago. You did. Um, so I, I do think a lot of people do fail at them, but I think 80% is way too high. And I think I in fact, more people who actually set goals at least come close to accomplishing them, right? Even if they fail at them, you know, let's say you want to lose 20 pounds and you set that goal. And even if you don't lose 20 pounds, I can guarantee you that most people, if they set a goal of losing 20 pounds versus the person who 
doesn't set a goal at all, the person who sets that goal is going to at least get closer to, to progressing. Yeah. And, you know, what I've found is that if I'm going to set a goal, uh, you know, I'm going to at least um, be better off for it. I'm going to be closer than if I just go into the year saying, hey, let's just see what happens. Yeah. You know? I think and a good thing or a good tip a lot of people can go off of is set more objective goals rather than or subjective goals rather than objective goals. So mm-hmm. you're just trying to hit if you're somebody who's looking to lose weight, make your goal going to the gym. Just a general goal for now. And you can build off it later on, but that's your start is heading into the gym. Right. If you're somebody who knows they're slacking with their diet and you want that to be your new new year's resolution, eat an extra serving of vegetables mm-hmm. a week and start off with there. Something something that you could see. It's an idea that you want to hit, but you don't have anything specific. You don't have to be right. too strict on yourself. And then you can build off of it. You can start eating healthier. You can eat more vegetables every single meal. You can start cooking for yourself. Mm-hmm. But just making those tiny, simple solutions rather than the big ones will really help out and keep you a little bit more strict in your goals too. Yeah, and making them actionable, like going to the gym, like making that your goal is going to the gym, not – you know, just you want to lose weight, right? Like, again, that, that goes into whole SMART goals, uh, the SMART acronym, mm-hmm. um, you know. But, you know, doing an actionable thing, like your goal, your results are your actions strung together, right? Yeah. The, the end game, the end results um, only get there from the actions, from the inputs that you put in. So um, it's, a, it's a great tip is to make it an actionable type subjective goal as opposed to something that's, you know, up in the air. Yeah. Right? Uh, all right, question number two. The age-old question, are eggs bad for you? Now, this one is a one of my favorite topics because I had probably one of my – one of my favorite people on this planet is my professor from college. Okay. And he did a study on eggs and study on their relations to your health, your mm-hmm. cholesterol, to f- fitness goals. But the overall answer is eggs are not bad for you. Now, if you're doing all the other things in the outside of your life, if you're eating eggs on a consistent basis, they're not going to do anything for you. But if you are somebody who is underactive, not doing much, not eating healthier outside of just eating eggs, they're, you're going to see a raise in your cholesterol because they have high, quote unquote, higher levels of cholesterol compared to other foods. But in general, eggs are one of the most nutrient and vitamin rich foods you can eat. They have some of the highest levels of Good, quote unquote, good cholesterol, because I'll put that out there with quotations. Mm -hmm. And they have some of the healthiest fat sources you can get. And they're an easily accessible food. Most people on the planet, not just in the U.S., can have some kind of access to eggs of some kind of sort. Mm -hmm. So they're a really good food. They're healthy for you. You just got to make sure you're eating them in moderation. Yeah, and that's a great point, eating in moderation. But there's also, like, I hate the the whole good food for you, bad food. Like, everything's not bad or good in a vacuum, you know. Like, it really depends on everything else in your lifestyle mm-hmm. and how it all adds up together, uh, you know. But, you know, this has been a debatable thing for years. Are eggs bad for you? And, um, you know, uh, they're just not. They're good. They're healthy. They're, they are. They're one of the most nutrient-dense foods you could have. You know, the cholesterol that you do find in it is not – does not raise your bad blood, the blood cholesterol, the number that, you know, most doctors look at and say you have high cholesterol. You know, when you eat eggs, it doesn't affect that number and you have to eat a ton of them to really see like a, a change in that. And even then it's like you're, you're not going to have any negative um, change to that from eating eggs. Eggs are very, very healthy. I'd say the most unhealthy part about eggs is how people cook them. A lot of people mm-hmm. cook them heavily in butter. They'll cook it with bacon or they'll Good cook point. it with a whole bunch of fatty foods or high-carbohydrate foods. Good point. And it gets mixed in with all those things that you're eating, which then gives you all those bad health or 
bad health benefits, quote unquote. But eggs on their own, they're really good food. They stand out amongst most foods, and they're. I think they're now considered a quote unquote superfood. Are they really? If I'm not mistaken, because they've done so much research on them. Cool. And if you want to get very specific, quail eggs are probably the best ones you can have. Quail eggs, okay. Quail Why eggs. are they they're most nutrient-dense? They're the most nutrient-dense per pound. They have lower levels of both cholesterols in them, and they're. I think they're higher in, I think it's higher in protein, don't quote me on it, but higher in protein per pound than everything else. So they have just better nutrient density for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, the only thing I would say is just watch because they are high in fat, you know, they yep. have, but that's not a bad thing as long as your fat's in check. You know, if you're, you know, yes, maybe if you are over eating too much fat the rest of the day, then eggs could be what puts you over the edge, but that doesn't mean it's the egg's fault, right? It's the rest of your diet. Now, I, I definitely, personally, um, I eat eggs pretty regularly, and, you know, I do mix them with egg whites. I, I do both um, just because I get a lot of fat everywhere else in my diet, too. I try to eat a lot of fish. I try to eat some, a lot of avocados. I try mm-hmm. to eat um, a lot of nuts and, and seeds, like healthy seeds, chia seeds, um, hemp seeds, you know, so, like, I, I try to get my fats um, in, in a variety of sources. So I'm just keeping to my relatively um, even macro profile. Um, I do mix eggs, regular eggs with egg whites, just because I don't want to be going over in fat because I mm-hmm. do get it in other sources. But if I wasn't getting it in other sources, I probably wouldn't do that. I would probably get it straight from from the eggs. So like, it, they're really not bad, just as long as you're not just like anything else going over in, in one area or another, you know. Uh, all right. Question number three. Very timely for this time of year. Should I work out if I'm sick? It's This is a yes and no answer. For most people, yes, but you got to make sure you're doing it right. You shouldn't be hitting the heavy weights as hard as you normally would be. Shouldn't be aiming to sit there and get yourself into, if you have a my zone into the red or get into those high heart rate zones. Ideally, you want to find a short 30, 45, even up to an hour, but keep it under an hour workout that keeps your heart rate in like that 65 to 75% zone because that is your recovery. That's your recovery heart rate. And recovery heart rate isn't just for end of the workout or for steady state cardio. It's recovery heart rate. It's a heart rate, it's a heart rate area that allows your body to deliver nutrients without over, overwhelming the rest of the system. And that's the last thing your body needs when it's already fighting itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess it all depends on how sick are you? You know, if also like you're true. down and out with the flu, like I, I just was last week, uh, you know, Thursday night when I got home from here, from the gym, I was, it just hit me. And like I working out was me lifting my head up off the toilet bowl. Like I couldn't, like, yeah. there's no way I could even fathom even going outside for a walk. Like I could barely make it to the bed. Like, no, you don't want to push yourself when you're like, you're, you're pretty sick. Mm-hmm. If you have the common cold, if you have something where, and again, be safe, don't be bringing it to the gym and spreading it to other people, you know, but yeah, you definitely want to be somewhat active. If you can, you want to stay moving. And like John said, the recovery zone, that lower heart rate zone, you know, that's a great place to stay. And you don't want to go above that. Really. You don't want to be higher intensity. Um, because you don't want your body taking away from trying to fight the virus or the um, disease or whatever you got, right? You want to make sure your body's strong for fighting that and and not taking away from that because it needs to try to recover elsewhere. So it is definitely, we definitely recommend staying active, walking, moving, keeping the heart rate lower, but raising it, not just laying in bed. Um, But, you know, definitely 
if you're like you know dying don't go to the gym don't no. spread it around um and even if you're not dying if you just have a cold or don't bring it to the gym please you know be courteous to other people um but still stay active you know you could do it right in your home you go outside for a walk and um just an fyi the cold weather does not mean that you're going to get sick so no you know, if you are sick, you could still go outside in the cold and, and, and exercise a little bit and, um, it will definitely help your body, but make sure that you're, you're getting enough sleep, make sure you're staying hydrated, make sure you're taking, um, your vitamins and eating your veggies and taking extra vitamin C and extra zinc and, you know, making sure that you're assisting your body to fight whatever your sickness, but, um, don't just lay around. That could probably be, uh, one of the worst things you could do. Mm-hmm. It'll help extend some, in some cases it does help extend it because your body does, your body's active. Mm-hmm. Humans are active species and they need the movement to be medicine. Right. That's why we say it all the time. Movement is medicine. And it's, even if it is just getting up your staircase mm-hmm. and walking downstairs and making yourself breakfast, making yourself eggs. Right. There you go. But that's movement. It's still activity. Just make sure you're not getting stagnant. Right. Right. And getting outside to, to move is, is, is probably beneficial, right? Like there's something to be said about being outside in fresh air and, you know, I don't know if there's anything scientific or any studies or research or anything that shows that, you know, you, you know, being outside and getting that fresh air will, will help. I'm but glad you said that. There is. Oh, well, vitamin. That's why you're on the show. Combinations of vitamin D and cold exposure like we have outside right now mm-hmm. is great for boosting your immune system, but also keeping your immune system at a working range so if your immune system when you're sick is getting spiked to that high level it's actually a great way to help taper things down is getting some exposure to vitamin d whether you're using one of those vitamin d lamps or you're actually going outside and getting a walk in there and just generalized cold exposure has been shown to increase your immune system help detoxify the body a little bit better so it's only going to help just make sure you're not sitting out there miserable in the cold though yeah, I mean, if you're sick, you know, take the proper cautions and whatnot. Don't don't make yourself worse by trying to get outside and exercising in the cold weather. But if you feel good enough and, and it's again, it's just a mild sickness, get outside, get some sun. That's where the vitamin D comes from. Um, I forgot all about vitamin D when I'm talking about immunity. Absolutely. Um, and, and cold exposure, especially if you're in the Northeast, which most of our, all of our listeners probably are. Um, you know, that, that cold exposure, which is a question for another show. So I don't want to get too deep into cold exposure. Um, but cold plunges, ice baths, all those things are shown to, um, raise your, your immunity. So, um, if you're not sick yet, you start doing that to hopefully strengthen your immunity. So, uh, that is it. Those are our three questions for today. Anything uh, you want to wrap up on today? I would just close up that last one with when you are feeling better, don't come back to the gym a hundred percent. Don't try hitting the gun right away. Good point. Because your body is still in a recovery period for, I think it's anywhere from two to five days after being sick. So you want to make sure you are still treating your body well, but you can start pushing yourself a little bit more as you get back into the gym. Yeah, very good point. Don't expect to be 100% when you come back and don't push yourself like you're 100% when you come back, right? Ease back into it just like a beginner, but you'll, you'll get back very quickly. So great point there, John. Uh, and that will be it. We'll finish up there. Uh, if you are in the Randolph area and even if you are a member of, of next gen, we're running a amazing, awesome challenge to start the year right now. 50 strong challenge. Um, it is 50 days of, um, of different habits that we ask you to follow. You could go and listen to the entire details of, of the challenge back on, 
I forgot what episode. I should have did some research before this. But one of our previous uh, episodes, uh, we talk all about the 50 Strong Challenge. Um, that is open for registration now. So um, the, the link will be in the show notes. Click the link, put your info in. And uh, if you're interested in finding out more information about that, we will contact you and uh, tell you uh, all the details and get you registered. So make sure you sign up for that. It's a great way to start the new year. Uh, and until our next episode, which airs on next Tuesday, uh, thank you for listening and be well.